and it is brilliant outside, and uh, we are a mere five days away. No, maybe, yes, it's five days away from spring. So good morning again, Berkshires and beyond, listening on the World Wide Web. Welcome to another edition of What's Your Sign? I Have Your Number, and I'm your host, Sharita Starr, here on WBCRLP 97.7 FM, Great Barrington. We have another engaging hour today that will help us all better understand what indeed is going on within our world at large and why is everything so intense as we are about to enter another astrological new year this Sunday. What's in store for the collective? There's no one better to tell you than our special guest today, astrologer William Stickevers, whose very name reveals the tale of his innate talents. William is a real wise master, a stellar star law seer. So please stay tuned as William joins us today live as our very special guest to tell you what's going on. Lost in the beauty of the sky, breathing the moon, the colors of a rainbow, shed to soon firefly, flicker smile, shine like the sun, if life's about the journey, the miles Again, Great Barrington and those listening upon the World Wide Web. It's me again, Sharita Starr, welcoming to you and welcoming you to another edition of What's Your Sign? I Have Your Number. Today is Tuesday, the 15th of March, under a charming yet extremely magical 24 degrees Pisces sun. We have an astrological new year coming up this Sunday, the 20th of March. Yes, spring will, by all astrological standards, be here. In the light of our recent and tragic world events, you have probably already asked yourself, what indeed is going on with our Earth? Our mighty planets above have a plenty to share with you to help us answer this pressing question of what's happening down here below. But before I introduce you to my very special guest and catch up on all the latest planetary news, I'd like to just take a moment and extend all the love, light, and healing prayers possible to our dear brothers and sisters in Japan. Remember, my dear stars, our earth is our heart, and we must keep ours open and send love for all to still evolve, even if they have left our earthly plane. It is the very power of love which allows our spirits to continue to evolve from life to life. Keep your thoughts strong, heartfelt, loving, and healthy. Those who have departed our planet along with those that are here and working to find solutions are equally able to receive our telepathic light and love more than ever. Our true mother is upset, deeply and intensely upset. And with an open heart, 
Miracles upon miracles will never cease to occur upon her earth. Even in such tremendously intense times, being at peace does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, trouble, or hard work. It means to be in the midst of those things and still be calm in your heart. Our earth needs our calm now more than ever. Thank you. And be good to yourself. And know, spirit never dies. There are a lot of unanswered questions that many people, and I'm sure that anyone out there listening today, have at this time as 2001, 2001, oh my goodness, that was 10 years ago, 2011 has been unfolding in many uncertain ways. Live from New York City, astrologer William Stick Evers will be joining me momentarily to lend some incredible insight into how you can expect things to continue to unravel throughout our astrological new year that is uh, beginning this Sunday in Aries. And um, so don't change your dial and do not turn off that live stream. If you want to hear some beyond expert advice about what the planets have to say, then without a doubt, some impeccable wisdom is on the way. So please stay tuned. Before we hear the sound predictions from Mr. Stick Evers, it's time to take a look at today's present planetary skies. Remember, if you have your astrological birth chart, go on and get that out. There's plenty that you can learn today by sitting at home or listening at the office. Where is Pisces in your personal chart? You've got the sun passing through it presently, giving a boost of light and positive flow to this area of the life, precisely in the present planetary skies at 24 degrees sun in Pisces. Now remember, we also have Mars bringing plenty of stimulation here as well, urging further motivation where the fishes swim in your zodiac pie. Mars is just about halfway through its journey in Pisces and will join up with the rest of the intense energies currently passing through Aries upon the 2nd of April. Today's sun in Pisces energies at the 24th degree means at this very balanced and harmony-seeking number, guided by Venus, with 2 plus 4 equaling 6, tells us on a collective level that we should adhere to diplomacy and making sure that we see both sides of these stories moving along within our lives. Today is a great day to make peace, ideally creating a pleasant space for compassion and justice to unfold. The 24 represents the Chaldean understanding of love, money, creativity, precisely a magical formula. Do what you love, be creative with this, and then watch the money attract itself to you. Yet, never do become indulgent with it. Today is equally blessed under the 15th of March to bring forth harmony and balance as well, as this calendar date, too, is guided by our benevolent planet, as the 15th is also influenced by Venus, with 1 and 5 also equaling 6. Today is fabulous for coming to a peaceful resolve, for the opportunity is here to tap into a keen sense of observation about both sides of the issue. While arguing is never favored nor tolerated by Venus, there is an enchanting touch and an eloquence of speech that can be placed upon situations awaiting an outcome, as the Chaldeans noted that the 15, through its magician abilities, are able to do. Where you are more than likely seeing a total spark of action before spring is even officially started is within the Aries piece of your zodiac, zodiac pie. Jupiter has been here since the 22nd of January, Mercury the 9th of March, and Uranus just joined up here upon the tra- tragic events upon 11th of March. Uranus governs over things such as something as the unexpected something as unexpected as an earthquake. And now the planet of reform and breakthrough is in the fiery energies of Aries. Our times are more uncertain than ever. The spring ahead more than indicates that you can be sure to expect the unexpected where the ram takes charge within your birth chart, as well as upon the collective's landscape. 
Our current moon has been in the sign of Cancer since 1029 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time Sunday morning on the 13th of March. The collective's emotions are now engaged in the energy of the sensitive crab, emoting nostalgic, nurturing, imaginative, and receptive energies to emerge. Even though cherishing, sympathetic, and sociable emotions are easily aroused, be aware of moody, clingy, and distrusting feelings. Ideally, under a Cancer moon, a well-developed and active instinct is meant to flourish, all greatly influenced by our environments. We'll be concluding this current waxing phase of the moon upon Saturday, the 19th of March at 2.10 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, as the full moon peaks at 28 degrees Virgo. As always, a full moon is when the moon completes its recent initiations from the last new moon in Pisces upon the 4th of March. This Saturday, the 19th, we begin another waning phase, where for the next two weeks, the moon will lose light each day until new again, which will be upon the 3rd of April. Ultimately, this gives us all the chance to reassess and review what has occurred since the 4th of March and make necessary adjustments as we will enter a natural period of reflection. There's another auspicious occasion occurring upon this third new moon of 2011, which will more than likely make this lunation one to remember. This will be the closest full moon to the Earth in over 18 years. So wherever the 28th degree of Virgo falls within your personal chart, be sure that you will take the time to reflect here as there most certainly will be some intensity swirling around. Intensity. Just when you think you may have thought you've already seen enough in the past week, the intensity from our planetary presence is only going to keep turning things up several more notches as our spring unfolds. As we've noted, the powerhouse of energy surging within Aries already, there is more to come here after we celebrate the equinox this Sunday, the 20th of March. Mercury begins the first retrograde passage of 2011, well, in Aries, the 30th of March, and then Mars catches up with the ram and starts anew upon the zodiac wheel upon April 2nd. Did we forget to mention that word again, intense? Hmm. Aries has yet to bring on the truth that you can be certain will be unfolding in the most uncertain ways as spring 2011 progresses. There was a wise man, Dr. Stephen Greer, who once said, the truth will set you free, but at first you will hate it. There's another wise man I'm about to introduce you to that knows more than his fair share of what the truth is, and he certainly also deeply understands that even though we may not like it at all, it can still set us free if we will let it. I know you, all of you out there listening have been anxiously awaiting for me to introduce my very special guest who joins me live over the phone lines from lovely the loveliness of Manhattan, New York City, today to dive deep into the topic of what everyone wants to know about right now, what is happening in our new astrological year of 2011. As always, I'd be so silly to tackle these need-to-know topics alone. There's no other astrologer you'd rather hear this important advice from than William Stick Evers, who has said more than once about our present times, fasten your seatbelts. William Stick Evers has been a practicing astrologer in New York City for over the past decade. He is well-versed in both classical and modern astrology and has lectured for the NRG, American Federation of Astrologers, and in Europe and Japan. William is an active member of the National Council for Geocosmic Research and Society of Astrologers. It is an honor to have him with me here today, live from New York City, astrologer William Stick Evers. You can find him on the web at www.williamstickevers.com. It's my absolute pleasure and honor to welcome his innovative and masterful wisdom to the show. Good morning, William. How are you today? Very good, Sharita. Good morning to you and to all out there. Uh, welcome to the uh, 2012 revolution, as, I, uh, oh, yeah. as I've been it. telling my clients. It's here. 
we don't even, we, it has nothing to do with the actual calendar date of, um, you know, the, the tw I mean, it is the shift there, but uh, it's happening now. <laughs> Actually, what I pointed out, what I've been pointing out in a recent uh, lecture I gave in Tokyo back on January 5th, actually January 8th, was that 2012 actually started in 1993, if you're using the Mayan cosmological system. Ah. Yes, yeah, so it started from 93, and the period of purification is from May 93 to December 2012, and then the period of transformation is from uh, 2013 to 2023. Mm-hmm. So we, we're, in, we're now approaching that midpoint, and that's why this period of purification and breakdown, change, turmoil, um, the various uh, paradigm shift, as we would call it for in Western terminology, is now taking place. Yeah. It most certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> A way to start off the show. Yeah, and, and you know, it's interesting too, I, I was, you know, thinking, you know, it's the year of the rabbit by the, by the Chinese understanding, and then when you're looking at numerology, 2011 adds up to a four, and guess what planet guides the four? Uranus. I think that's right. <laughs> wonder why we're seeing earthquakes, because, you know, it wasn't like this was the first one we saw this year. Right. Right, exactly. So, I think that you know, the thing is, is that uh, we can expect the unexpected and that uh, we're going to see a continued uh, acceleration and intensification of events on multiple levels, uh, meaning that we have reached a tipping point, ecological tipping point, um, debt, debt bubble tipping point, uh, entitlement tipping point, world trade tipping point. Uh, population t uh, tipping point, uh, consumption tipping points. So all these tipping points, among many others, uh, are have hit that point of no return, or we're, we're shortly on the brink of uh, water shortage, water sh distribution distri uh, tipping point, uh, peak oil tipping point. So this is all come. It's common. Common. There's a culmination that will be happening. Uh, that's been ongoing since July of 2010 when right. the Aries, or, or, Aries uh, Uranus went into Aries for a little taste there, but uh, not, nothing too, well, nothing like what we've just recently seen as it entered it again <laughs> happened. <laughs> right, so you see from July T-square of last year, uh, which was uh, an extraordinary event in itself, setting off, setting the, it was, which was a seminal moment, mm -hmm. uh, and the now acceleration and intensification with the arrival of Uranus and Aries. And now we're going to see that continue into the um, cosmological shift when the Earth and the Sun align with the galactic center, which happens once every 26,000 years on December 21st, mm -hmm. 2012. Right. So this is all part of a major, major paradigm shift. And everything that we once thought or taken for granted will no longer be considered something that we can... Um, a lot of the assumptions we've made about life are going to be turned upside down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like shedding the old. I mean, that's a lot to do with um, where the Pluto is in Capricorn. Uh, transformation of the old structure. <laughs> Absolutely, with the Pluto in Capricorn yeah. and Uranus squaring it. it yep. 
seven successive times, right, starting May of 2012 onward, and then the second one happened shortly before the 2012 event itself, is indicative of a, I would say, a um, paradigm shift on a global level that will affect every nation, every government from the top down. Mm. And, you know, looking ahead, too, I mean, now we have, you know, the, the presence of Saturn and Libra, but that date uh, in December of 2012 is when, guess who, is shifted into transformational um, Scorpio, Mr. Saturn himself. That's right. And that's, that, you know, totally, if you're looking at that, uh, it just signifies beyond any uh, your wildest imagination of <laughs> what more transformation will be on the way and death, rebirth, and, you know, regeneration. It's, uh, it's going to happen. <laughs> Whether exactly. we want to or not, <laughs> get ready. <laughs> exactly. What's, what's really difficult for me as an astrologer is, is to do, like, okay, what's the prediction for 2011, then 2012? Or t because, what's, what, you know, as you know, we're in, astrology is really a study of, of cosmological cycles planetary cycles right. uh, within the cosmology that we live in and these cycles all um, work uh, you know weave themselves uh, in very complex patterns so and there's also an issue of lag when a cosmological event occurs such as a t-square cardinal t-square there's a lag between the event itself uh, and the time that it manifests as a news event so, and that's, that's also common with people's charts. If you see Saturn coming to someone's sun, it's not going to exactly mean on that day, but it may take three to four weeks before... It does something uh, from that effect, Correct. from that trigger effect, when it, like, transits over something, yeah. Correct. So there's yeah. always a lag mm -hmm. we have to keep in mind. And so um, I believe a lot of the stuff we're seeing now is really due to the direct hits. If you took the chart of the cardinal t-square and ran it against the chart of uh, the nations in the Middle East, Japan, United States, uh, the Eurozone, you'll see the crises, the credit def uh, default swap uh, crisis, you'll see the sovereign debt default, you'll see the Middle East uprising, you'll see the crisis now in Japan uh, that's escalating. As a result of that, and now the arrival of the Uranus and Aries, we're going to probably see that begin to manifest shortly, I would say, by early summer, even though those events are, it seems that it's quite obvious right, right now that Uranus and Aries is doing its thing. Oh, yeah. Although that uh, technically, by all, you know, like they always say, it's the moment, it's the moment it happened, Uranus was still at 29 degrees uh, Pisces when that happened. It technically hadn't crossed over yet. Cor correct. However, I, what I, uh, <laughs> what's interesting here is that um, uh, Uranus will conjunct the sun at zero degrees Aries. And I looked that up. When was the last time that happened? That was, six, uh, that was around 687 uh, A.D. And the next time it will happen is 2,130 A.D. And that uh, generally signifies, when you look back historically, yeah. that's a rare event. Mm -hmm. Sun conjunct Uranus on the world point, zero degrees Aries. Yeah. That usually indicates a major disruption of authority, people in power. There was many, many, at that period, 
around the 600s, there was many, uh, the emperor of Japan was overthrown suddenly. There was a major upset in the Visigoth kingdom. So we can expect a lot of uh, political turmoil, uh, and we can expect what we would call uh, social uh, social revolution that could uh, lead to political revolution in many of these mm. oppressed nation states. Well, the polit political could happen for sure because we already know that system's not working too well. Right, right, <laughs> right. Now I have to put some light into the subject, but I gotta laugh a little sometimes. <laughs> right. So I really see the see that event, and then if you uh, are someone who looks at the Iranian system, you will, uh, you you would include the Hades. Conjunct Uranus, mm -hmm. the sun on on the on the uh, Aries point. I don't particularly use use it, but I do respect the astrologers that do, and they have been very accurate in their forecasts. They believe big things are on their way. So, um, like I said, you know, we need to um, buckle up, and and uh, it's going to be a very very bumpy ride over the next uh, 24 months. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, too, that, you know, when you're looking back at, like, you know, they always say when planets are crossing from the 29th degree of one sign into the zero degree of the next, like, even when you're looking numerically at that 29, that represents, the Chaldeans always understood it as grace under pressure, meaning when you even look at the combination of a two and a nine hanging out together, you got the moon and you got Mars. And we all know how well an Aries and a Cancer can't really always see eye to eye sometimes. Uh, they do things in a very different fire and water way. And um, the, the emotions that come up and swirl from grace under pressure, but it's like it, it will indicate that pressure shows up in the life, but the only way to deal with it is with grace. Because otherwise, it's just even more chaotic than you can possibly even imagine. Right. I think that Uranus at 29, especially if you look at it from we had a Jupiter... Jupiter-Uranus conjunction uh, was it uh, that occurred uh, 27 to 29 degrees. They were hovering around at that within that degree placement all throughout January. Yeah, that's right. And so that was the beginning of the Middle East revolution. Yeah, that, that started happening. Asia there. that has now spread to uh, Libya, uh, Egypt, Libya, Oman, Bahrain, even Saudi Arabia. Jordan's having its problems. And there is uh, much turmoil now in Iraq, and there is, um, as well as Iran. Mm. Yeah, well, they've always had their, again, like politics, they've always had their problems over there, too. <laughs> Just, it never seems to get solved. Right. The, the, issue, the, the main thing is, is that you're seeing an, something happen uh, that has, you know, you, a revolution from time to time in the Middle East is not a, not uncommon, but when you're seeing it sweeping... Yeah, it's intense right now, yeah. Right, so that's unprecedented, and um, that's one of the things I predicted um, earlier this year, that the, the Arab-style revolt uh, would spread to Iran, which would be quite significant since Iran's OPEC's second biggest exporter. And... Uh, you know, so uh, an Arab-style revolt will probably lead to widespread civil unrest across the country. Mm -hmm. And the upcoming ingress of Uranus, or the, the current ingress, I should say, of Uranus, uh, along with Mars at zero degrees declination transit, along with uh, several other powerful uh, transits and solar rocks afflicting the chart of Iran, uh, will provide the spark 
to a conflagration with the nation's Islamic rulers. And I believe that's going to be a significant shift in the Middle East, uh, much more so than Egypt. Um, so I, you know, which is, you know, and, and that's, that's not a light statement because what yeah, happened is very disconcerting for the uh, stability uh, between uh, Israel and and the uh, neighboring Arab states. Yeah. So I believe Iran is under increasing pressure from within due to pervasive poverty and oppression, and from out, from without, from the rising political instability in the Middle East and the political and military pressure from the U.S. and Israel over the concessions on the nuclear program. So you have all of that together. Uh, those secular factors combined with the cosmological, astrological factors, and uh, we're going to see some very interesting developments happen in the uh, Persian Gulf region. Mm. So now, what were your thoughts about all the BP that happened last year, just out of curiosity? How, how did all that what? fall into your, um, just tying that in, because that was like, you know, I think probably went down last year as one of the biggest things that, that we did, <laughs> that we witnessed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to see uh, the residual effects. Uh, a lot of that information has been suppressed by I, the corporate yeah. media yeah. to government. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot we don't know about it, or we're not being told, let's put it that way. So I'm curious your thoughts about that. Right. Um, I saw it as quite serious. It happened very close when there was a number of uh, powerful uh, eclipses, and it happened very close around the time that the T-square was open. Mm -hmm. So I believe that that was um, a critical. That was a, cri a critical turning point in our ecological uh, a tipping point. That, that tipping point, yes. It's a whole right. other, so, whole other um, subject from uh, what the Earth naturally will do on its own. <laughs> exactly, and uh, because look, let's face it. There's seven key areas where current trends suggest forthcoming disasters for the planet. All right, unless something really changes, all right? Uh, according to most environmentalists, oil depletion, climate change, collapse of the world's oceans, deforestation, food shortage, oil colony, collapse disorder, overconsumption, blah, blah, is going, continuing to accelerate. And I believe that that event last year, the BP oil spill, is an indication is, uh, that we are um, a, a seminal moment that ecological disaster is forthcoming unless we make a dramatic change in global policy and how we deal with the planet and how we deal with resources and how, most importantly, we begin the process of, of moving away from fossil fuels to real viable uh, alternative energy systems. And I'm not talking about ethanol. Right. <laughs> no. Right. No. Not, not the best choice. I mean, I, I think we have, and, and I think this is one of the positive things that this Uranus and Aries is going to do for us, is that finally people are going to start pioneering these ways of naturally, you, you know, using what we have naturally at our disposal. Right. Instead of making all this stuff up. I think innovation up. at a local <laughs> level is making a big comeback. Something we saw in the early 20th century, where everything was local, yes. and uh, I think we're going back to that, even to the cities. You'll see, yeah. you'll see a lot of that happening. But I think um, it's. I think we're going to have. We still have a lot of Walmart shoppers out there, you know, who are willing to get in their car and drive 30 miles to the nearest Walmart. 
I think that uh, a series of a number of other events are going to have to take place before people start realizing that's that you know that's not a solution to keeping their current lifestyle of consumption intact. There is going to I, I believe we're just you know we still have a certain percentage of the U.S. population, just speaking for the U.S. That still believes it's still possible to go back to the old days, whatever those, mm. the, whatever that may mean. Yeah, right. That's, and that, 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 that makes me laugh. Actually, and I don't <laughs> to get particularly political, but I have to say this: one of the big things that I'm really pushing in my lectures and seminars is that the uh, that if the the solutions being presented, the bipartisan solutions, are are no longer viable for the future of this nation. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that if you, if it is, as long as the politics remain bipartisan, there will be no change. In okay. fact, conditions economically, sociologically, politically will continue to get worse. And I believe that we're seeing a breakdown of the two-party system yeah. and that this is the first time you're going to see more independence, uh, active, uh, politically active, socially involved voters uh, who are really concerned but no longer have party affiliation outnumber the amount of people who have, uh, who are committed to one party in particular. So I believe this is the beginning of the end because I believe based on the, and and again, I'm, I'm a registered independent. I don't have any um, you have no, yeah, you're, you're not joining up there. Yeah, right, and I have no axe to grind here. Exactly. I just exactly. think from what I can see, this is the beginning of the end of the two-party monopoly system that has been controlling this government since the mid-1800s. Yeah. I, I have, uh, remind me after we come back, because guess what time it is already? Oh, yes. 12 noon. It, it, yes, it is at, here at uh, 97.7 WBC. Oh, I'm saying that backwards. It's um, WBCR LP 97.7 FM, Great Barrington. It is indeed noontime. And uh, I have um, a couple of public surface service announcements to make. And then um, I have something to add uh, about the numerical thing uh, in reference to even how we have presidential terms. It's, it's kind of interesting. So we will be right back with William Stickevers. And uh, let's tell you, people out there, what's going on in our local, local, the local environment of the Berkshires, uh, because this is a great place to be. So give me freedom. Four Freedoms for All, a community dialogue about immigration, March 24th, 5.30 p.m. at the Norman Rockwell Museum in Stockbridge, Mass. We are all immigrants in America. The Statue of Liberty is inscribed. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp besides the golden door. Gain a better understanding of immigration policy and the changing demographics of the Berkshires throughout this enlightening community conversation. And you can contact, um, hmm, I don't see any more um, info about that. That is just at the Norman Rockwell Museum in Stockbridge, Massachusetts, 5.30 p.m. on the 24th of March coming up. Give me freedom. For freedoms for all. That's what's happening. We got some new 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 things happening as we know. 
Oh, and you know, how can we, how can we possibly not read this one? Um, because I know y'all want it. Here comes the sun. <laughs> it's been a long, cold, lonely winter, and WBCRLP 97.7 FM celebrates the arrival of spring with a little help from our friends with Beatlemania. Friday, March 18th, 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. Oh, boy. If you're a Beatles fan, tune in. Join us at 97.7 FM or BerkshireRadio.org. Stream that on the web for a day of Beatles originals and a wide variety of covers to welcome the huge relief of the arrival of spring. The music will be all day with a news break from 5 to 7 p.m. Come together with your very own locally grown community radio station, WBCRL LP 97.7 FM in Great Barrington. Yeah. Here comes the sun. That's on Friday, March 18th, folks, 6 a.m. to 11. It's going to be a Beatlemania fest. Yeah, we need it. We need it. Spread the love around. Keep doing it. I, I, I just, I don't think I can stress enough that if you love, you evolve. That is uh, that little interesting lexagram code in evolve. And um, love is the key. That's how you do it. We are back to our second half of the show. What's your sign? I have your number, and I'm your host, Shavita Starr, bringing you all the current planetary news worth hearing. And um, we are in the midst of discussing our recent world events and all that remains to unfold within our astrological new year, beginning upon the 20th of March, 2011. Our special guest today is an expert at seeing astrological history and what our future indeed can bring. It is an honor to have the Mastiffer masterful and stellar stall law seeker skills of astrologer William Stickevers with us today. If you have any follow-up questions for William, you can reach him at uh, on the web, www.williamstickevers.com. Welcome back to the show, William. Thank you for having me again. Yes. Don't you love what your name spells? Did I ever tell you that before? <laughs> I just, no, you didn't. I, that, that's your little lovely lexagram. That is... Um, that's how we know that you're so good at what you do. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun... I love, love that I could see that in your name. I'm like, that's just crazy. But, you know, lexagrams never lie, so um, they're, they're pretty... They're, they're weird. Uh, uncannily weird. I don't want to say weird in a bad way, but um, uncanny. But, um, yeah, you know, you know what's really interesting about, about the, po the politics and how, at least in America, how we do this? We choose to elect our president in four and eight-year terms. That's the, the only way you're going to do it. The four, numerically, you get nothing done in four years. You only create a bit of a structure, but you can't create the change from it. Then if you happen to go to eight years, you're never getting to the nine to complete the deal and to complete the cycle. So the four and the eight... And the Chaldeans always said, when you deal with the numbers four and eight together, you deal with sacrifice. That's all you're ever going to get out of the formula. Interesting. And that's what I see. I, I see the fact that the way, it's like we either need to elect presidents to five and ten-year terms, we might get something done. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Maybe in a future constitutional convention. Exactly. <laughs> that could be addressed. <laughs> I, you know, they may not listen to me, but hey, you know, it's, it's how I numerically see it. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense, the four and the eight. And we've seen this, you know, we used to be able to elect presidents longer. I mean, I think the only one who really went for it was FDR. And then they said, oh, no, you, got, you can't be elected, you know, because then that becomes more like a monarchy or whatever else we're not supposedly representing here. But um, Right, they limited the terms. Right, you know, so. Well, I... 
going back to where we left off, I just wanted to get into some of the things I see happening. Just yes, uh, one of the things I see is the chart. Uh, Portugal is highly afflicted, and uh, as well as Spain, I believe that we're going to see both of these uh, nations have debt that are exceeding 90% of their GNP with a struggling economy. And it seems, and both their uh, government bonds are about 7, 7%, something that Greece and Ireland, Ireland were only able to withstand for a couple of weeks before accepting an EU bailout followed by severe austerity measures. So I believe Portugal and Spain are next. I believe the Eurozone is in big, big trouble. Mm. So we're going to see a conflagration of the of of revolution and a social upheaval in the Middle East, we will see a that will spread into the Eastern European countries. We're going to see a breakdown of the eurozone as we know it. That will that's been ongoing actually since last year, and it'll become much more mainstream. Where even the mainstream media has to sort of deal with this now. Uh, there will be continued injections by the central bank of of Europe of Japan and the Federal Reserve in order to keep the stock market propped up. Uh, at the same time, the big crisis I see happening is currency devaluation happening in the United States. Mm -hmm. This is the biggest, biggest issue I see facing the nation today. Also, I see a major rise in oil prices, oil exceeding over 125 going closer to $150 a barrel due to numerous factors, due to global instability, uh, and I see that really putting a tremendous damper on this extremely fragile economy. Yeah, no, so you would definitely, you know, because I've, I've heard varying things that, you know, oh, the, the gas is increasing right now, only for a couple months, and then it's going to go back down again. I mean, would you probably say we're going to see it at 5 Dollars a gallon. Absolutely, we'll see five dollars a gallon sometime this summer in, yeah. in California, and then it'll that number will spread across the country. Uh, we are going to see uh, commodities, all commodities, from cotton to gold to you know food to water, is going to dramatically rise. We're going to see downward deflation with home prices. Uh, very little driver for business. It's sort of been the story, but this will continue. But a rise in prices and inflation when it comes to all food, fuel, Supplies. and commodities, yeah. which is going to put a tremendous pressure on the uh, currently dis disleveraging uh, American middle class. And as this continues, people will be, will be walking away from their party affiliation. All right, and right. we're going to see a very big grassroots. Shift, and now I'm not talking Tea Party here. I'm talking yeah. something much deeper, much vaster, much broader uh, than than tea, the Tea Party, which is basically a subdivision of the Republican Party. Mm. Right. So I, I'm talking about a major social something like what we've seen in the '60s. It's already been brewing since last year. Oh, yeah, naturally, yeah. And it's just going to go mainstream this time. It's going to get to the point where you know, there's going to be the people who are for something different, even though there may not be solutions, or, or, uh, but, but, but willing to do something radically different because the, the current course and traje trajectory that both parties and the leadership of this nation, both at the local and fed, state and federal level, is, is 
it's obviously way off track. Americans are going to start catching on to the fact that government, the solutions government is presenting to the people will no longer improve the quality of their lives, give them, give them the certainty that their future will be better than the future that they have. Today. Right, because of it, yeah. Right, because of it. Yeah. And that is going to be the, you know, the breaking point. And so I believe Uranus and Aries, uh, with a host of other astrological factors all weaving together that was part of this big event that happened in July of last year right. and will culminate in 2012, will be a global social revolution. Mm. Uh, so what you're seeing in the Middle East is coming to America, is coming to downtown USA. Yeah. a matter of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't... Uh well, it, 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 it's obvious it doesn't work. <laughs> Here's the good news. It's all for the best. Exactly, because we need to change it if it doesn't work. Because as far as I'm concerned, we've been doing the definition of insanity. <laughs> We're doing the same things, expecting something different to happen. And then voting another one in. All right, yeah, after, it's, after, it's, and, it's a, it's a ridiculous cycle. You know, yeah. so we're really, here's the other thing, too. Regardless of what one's political position is or what one's beliefs and values, the current course, the current track that we are on as a nation is unsustainable and untenable. The fact that we are a 73% consumption-driven economy and expect to have the level of wealth and the level of political leverage that we once had when we was a 73% manufacturing economy back in 1975 is just is, is, is not possible. Right. People need to realize that. And people do on some level, but they're not willing to break from their current party affiliation to make those changes happen. And, but that's, that's, that's where it's going to happen. And it's not going to happen with the youth like it happened with the 60s. It's going to happen right. with the people born from 1964 to 1972, that Uranus-Pluto yep. baby generation. Mm -hmm. They're going to be the ones that take the first step and go mainstream with it. Now, exactly how that's going to manifest, I'm not, I'm not clear. You know, this, I'm, not a, I'm not a psychic. But exactly. Yeah. But there's always free will still, you know. <laughs> well, there's free will, yeah. I, but I believe they're going to be prompted. I but, but, yeah, the energy is going to be there for them to take action with it. That's for sure. <laughs> that's right. And Uranus-Pluto, when Uranus-Pluto goes exact, many of these people who are in their mid-40s, were highly educated, had a very ideal upbringing, and realized that they had to move in with their parents, all right, or they had to, they had to you know, or who, who had six-figure incomes with benefits, were now working as assistant managers at Starbucks for the yeah. past three years, are going to finally had enough. Yeah. And there's going to be a major, major grassroots movement, mainly organized by this group, and you're going to see a resurgence of many of the ideals that that have disappeared from the mid '60s will make a major, make a major little, comeback. Yeah, a little retroing of the '60s. Right, That's okay. But in a much more powerful way, and in a much more direct way, where they're going to start taking, uh, they're going to start running for office. They're going to start taking positions of power. Mm -hmm. They are they are going to completely displace the previous baby boomer uh, and uh, silent generation uh, within. By the end of this decade, yeah. At this, this, this starts now. This will start this coming November. 
the Tea Party, as as we know it, will transform or completely disappear. Some bigger movement is at work. Good. <laughs> that that I'm happy about. <laughs> ah. I, I I that's good news. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I also see a resurgence in metaphysics and astrology. Yeah. I don't think astrology will ever go mainstream to the level that we would like it to be. Naturally, but I, I, the the uh, certainly the increase in interest has definitely happened. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Right. Um, or people turning to anybody that has some sort of spiritual ability to counsel, you know, because people are, are that they want an answer and they're not finding it in the political realm and, and they're not finding it in on all of these other tangible material things that they thought that they, you know, and I think, you know, when, especially when you have like, uh, you know, the Saturn and the Libra right now, what we're looking at is what we really value about what we relate to. I mean, whether it's a person or it's just a thing, it's like, what do we really value? What's it really worth? And, you know, combo that with the Pluto and Capricorn, and, you know, I, it's the material is not what it's worth anymore. It, I mean, it, we kind of got to that point, though, you know, the consumerism and all these gadgets we have and, and you know, everything we depend on. And... It's like I think, you know, our, our age bracket is, is probably some of the last people that remember what it's like not to have a cell phone use the Internet and, and know what it's like to go outside and play. Because these other people just don't, the younger generations, they don't know how to do that. They've never had to do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think that we're going to see a big shift, and it's not going to come from the youth of America because... Um, they, they're, yeah, I think they're going to be quite lost, actually, in, in the midst of all these changes. Right, exactly. So um, the other thing I want to just stress here is that the, uh, there are going to be certain states that are going to be much more stressed than others, uh, and you, know, you will see many people leaving certain states mm -hmm. to other states. So it's going to be a lot of uh, state migration going on, a lot of people moving for uh, lifestyle choices, economic choices. Uh, you're going to see a lot more movement yeah. in the next 24 months than you have seen in maybe one decade. Uh, people like states such as Nevada, Florida, California, highly stressed states where their stress level index is in the double-digit category. Yeah, it sure is. So you're going to see that. Also, uh, New Jersey as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're going to see a shift to uh, less populated states where, uh, the, uh, where more innovation, where things can happen more at the local, organic, uh, off-the-grid level type of communities will start uh, uh, accelerating, and that will begin to manifest and become a big theme for this decade. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing I see. Yeah. Which is all good. All good stuff. I, I, because I, I, we're I think it's great. Away yeah. I the think transnational it's great. corporate consumption model that was in, put into place sometime shortly after the Second World War and we're outsourcing um, uh, you know where food needed to be distributed 3,000 miles which which is for every American family who eats dinner it's Every day, it's, their food is coming 3,000 yeah. miles away. It makes no sense, anyway. No sense. <laughs> Almost all the products in your home are made in China. Yeah. All right? Cheaply made, you know, um, don't last very long, low quality, regardless of what uh, they say on the label. So these are the things that are going to break down. And the fact that oil, 
was responsible for the production of all our food, uh, all our manufacturing, and is now hit a peak point where, as of this year, the amount of oil, the amount of demand for oil will exceed the amount of output. So regardless of what they do with um, how they price it in the commodities market, the fact of the matter remains that oil will now go up exponentially oh, uh, simply because demand is rising faster than the amount of oil they can get out of the ground. Mm. Not that oil is disappearing, and, it's, and as long as that's the case, the cost of trans, uh, making food from other countries, transporting it 3,000 miles away, yeah. um, powering stores to keep it frozen, you know, all that type of thing, that sure. whole model is going to collapse. So everything is going to go back to local. Yeah. All right, short distance, local. You know how to plant a garden. Exactly. <laughs> Right. And so that's uh, no be, joke. <laughs> people are going to get back into Earth again. They're going to realize, you know, they're going to be very concerned about the ecology. It's not just going to be something they make a contribution once a year to an organization, but get more right. involved with because they see the effects of it now that they will be moving back in terms of uh, food consumption at a, and uh, food consumption at a local level. So. You know, I believe this is um, all part of a populist movement. Populism is going to become a big word again. And it's not just about, you know, Democrat or Republican or anti-Democrat Republican, but it'll be about a number of things, moving away from these particular models of, of, of transnational corporate consumption that we've been duped into, mm -hmm. realizing it. So now back to the, thinking I'm sure people want to know, so back to the whole bank thing again and, and the money. So when you were talking about like, you know, that becoming devalued, what is, what do you see happening as far as, is it best to keep a bunch of cash around or it better to take it out of the bank, leave it in the bank? What do you do? Well, first of all, <laughs> I would move a lot of, uh, I would, well, first of all, I will tell you what I'm doing. Okay, <laughs> and um, what I am doing is buying uh, 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 Canadian golden maple, Canadian maples, right, and uh, silver eagles. Okay, and I'm putting like three months of operational costs in a safe area of my home, so that I could always convert that into cash if necessary. Devaluation simply means if you have a thousand dollars in your checking account. Devaluation occurs that they'll close the banks for three days. They won't allow more than, uh, they probably will close the ATM machines or only allow a limited amount of money to be uh, taken from those ATM machines for a period of days. They'll reopen the banks, and you will have substantially less money in your checking account. Sitting there, yeah. Yeah, right? Nothing will have changed except it went from 1000 now to $500 or you know, whatever, it, yeah. whatever the level of devaluation that they figure in order to keep the economy afloat, which will cause a major, major, you know, a dramatic shift in um, the economy and uh, spending. So uh, in order to protect yourself, you certainly want to have uh, uh, certain, certain things in place to protect yourself. You want to certainly not expose yourself so much to bonds, even though traditionally they're much safer than equities because the bond market is beginning to overheat. Mm -hmm. And 
many of the largest hedge funds are now selling all their bonds and municipal bonds and treasury bills. They are selling them all off because the belief that the state and the federal government can sustain and serve that debt level is is the, the belief is, is the, at least in terms of, of what the smart money believes, is going away. So that means that uh, where people traditionally put their money, which is deemed as safe, needs to go to, need, uh, requires that people m- shift their perception more to wealth preservation than wealth generation, at least for the next, I would say, two to three years at the very least. Mm-hmm. And I would go... Uh, certainly, precious metals and moving your uh, moving money into um, commodities, ETFs that uh, where you can move your money into like cotton, gold, things like that. ETFs, if you're going to do it that way, but physically having precious metals on hand that can be converted easily to cash in an emergency is a very smart, proactive measure. Mm-hmm. Now, and where do you get all these? Uh, you can already see the internet. You just order them right on the internet. Yes, you can. Okay. You can have it sent to you. And um, there's all different opinions about this, and I'm not an expert on that. There are people that are qualified, but um, you can't go wrong. You want to get the highest quality silver uh, silver coins, and um, and uh, the um, and the Canadian maple, I believe, is 99.9999% gold. And the American Silver Eagle is 99.9999% silver. Those are the ones I use, I purchase. And, um, you know, I don't believe you need to have a year's worth of assets, uh, uh, you know, of of bullion. But I believe having three months would be ideal, a good starting place. Having food, having water at least for uh, seven to two weeks, you know, seven to three weeks. No, excuse me, let me rephrase that. Uh, yeah, about two or three weeks supply would be ideal if we would have a currency crisis. Stores won't be open for a few days. People, right. know, you know, they'll, it's going to be messy before. Yeah, that can get messy. Yeah. yeah. So, again, these are very strong possibilities. The timing, it's very hard to know. Is it going to be tomorrow? Is it going to be four months from now? Right. It's very difficult to call that. But the secular, the smart money out on Wall Street... All the secular data points to something big happening in terms of the currency devaluation of some form in some order, and you're now seeing the purchase of precious metals worldwide happening at an unprecedented rate everywhere. Mm-hmm. So there's a sense in the collective something is about to shift. The, it's most likely that the dollar will not be the world's global currency, reserve currency. And when that happens... That means the cost of everything will go up dramatically because the way it's structured now, countries like Germany, Spain, Japan have to convert their money into dollars in order to buy oil. Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. And once the dollar is no longer the world's reserve currency, then we will no longer have the advantage. We pay the least amount for food, for oil, for yeah, almost everything, all right, comparative to those countries. So things will shift dramatically for Americans once the valuation and we're delisted as the world's reserve currency. These are all things that can happen 
between now and 2012. It can happen certainly this year. There's a lot of belief from many people, credible people, that it is going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's coming. What, what are your thoughts on this um, upcoming Mercury retrograde? <laughs> I think it's going to be real. I'll talk about buckle your seatbelt. All that energy in Aries, I, I can't even, like, I, I'm, my, it's making my head spin thinking about it. <laughs> One of the things that I always do is when you hear a news report about such and such, and, you know, or commentary, political commentary, a news report of a situation, always realize Mercury retrograde effect indicates that that story has not concluded. This is uh, right. that the information receiving is somehow corrupted in a way or not um, uh, conclusive or um, completely factual. There, there, is some, there are other factors that are not being taken into account. Uh, so, you know, this is... Um, I would say that be very wary of the uh, mainstream media news. What you're listening to over that, and that, that Mercury retrograde's coming up for you listeners out there the 30th of March through the 23rd of April, so right. if you know about the Mercury retrograde, Google it online, find out information about it, because it's, it's just a time when you don't want to put much in forward motion. It's time for reflection, and it's a powerhouse of energy in your Aries piece of the uh, zodiac pie, so that's where it's going to go down. <laughs> I, I would just say that the because we are an information-driven age, we're not a commodities-driven uh, economy anymore, right? Uh, or a manufacturing-driven economy. We're an information-driven economy. That Mercury retrogrades have much more of an effect on our on our day-to-day um, -day operations and the way. Um, this, the, the effect of yeah. what Mercury retrogrades do to our economy is just much higher now, much, has much quicker impact. So I would say that we're going to see much more instability. If we, we, that, that, uh, that's going to continue to accelerate, but there'll be much more uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, that's the one thing I've been thinking about, uh, what this will bring. Well, I wholeheartedly thank you for joining us today, William. This has been wonderful to have you. And um, well, thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure. And and your your wisdom is uh, is is one to take note of. So um, I thank you, and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your Tuesday. Thank you. I look forward to speaking to you again. Absolutely. We'll have you back on um, for sure. <laughs> we'll need to know more when things are kind of really going haywire. <laughs> All right. You can find out more about William's forecasts and his predictions for 2011 at www.williamstickevers.com. You've been listening to What's Your Sign with me. What's Your Sign? I have your number. With me, Sharita Starr, and we'll be back on Tuesday the 5th of April, with psychic medium Bill Phillips, who will be joining us live here in the WBCRLP studios. We'll be taking questions via email before the show, so as always, be sure to check in on our blog and keep up to date. That would be at sharitastarradio.blogspot.com. Today's show will also be podcast here later on, so you can listen back to the archive or any of them from over the past couple years. Remember, if you've got a question or comment, email me, sharitastarradio at gmail.com, or go right to our website, www.berkshireradio.org, because we really do want to know what you think. Leave a comment. Your opinion matters. 
We hope you're better from our hour together. Stay tuned. You've been listening to WBCRLP 97.7 FM, Great Barrington. As this 2011 Astrological New Year begins, we thank you kindly for listening to What's Your Sign? I Have Your Number. It is time to become the warrior in all of our lives. Namaste, my dear stars. But I sure know it's good right now.